0: Coming up on 5-Minute News Russia revenge attacks Ukrainian power grid Vice President says everything is on the line in forthcoming midterms And Queen Elizabeth II's coffin to lie in state ahead of funeral It's Monday, September 12 I'm Anthony Davis. Russia attacked power stations and other Ukrainian infrastructure on Sunday, causing widespread outages as Kiev's forces pressed a swift counter-offensive that has driven Moscow's troops from swathes of territory it had occupied in the northeast. The bombardment ignited a massive fire at a power station on Kharkiv's western outskirts and killed at least one person. President Volodymyr Zelensky denounced the deliberate and cynical missile strikes against civilian targets as acts of terrorism. Ukraine's second-largest city of Kharkiv appeared to be without power on Sunday night. Cars drove through darkened streets, and the few pedestrians used flashlights or mobile phones to light their way. Separately, the nuclear power plant in the Russia-occupied South completely shut down in a bid to prevent a radiation disaster as fighting raged nearby. The plant, one of the ten biggest atomic power stations in the world, has been occupied by Russian forces since the early days of the war. Ukraine and Russia have traded blame for shelling around it. Kiev's action in recent days to reclaim Russia's occupied areas in the Kharkiv region forced Moscow to withdraw its troops to prevent them from being surrounded, leaving behind significant numbers of weapons and munitions in a hasty fight as the war marked its 200th day on Sunday. Vice President Kamala Harris warned on Sunday that the midterm elections in November would determine whether the age-old sanctity of the right to vote would be protected in the US or whether so-called extremist leaders around the country would continue to restrict access to the ballot box. With just 56 days to go until the elections, and with the paper-thin Democratic majority in both chambers of Congress, the vice president said that everything is on the line in these elections. In an interview, she said the country was facing a rising domestic extremism threat. I think it is very dangerous, and I think it's very harmful, and makes us weaker, she said. Harris pointed to the plethora of extreme election deniers, many endorsed by Donald Trump, who have embraced Trump's lie that the 2020 election, won by Joe Biden, was stolen from him. There are 11 people right now running for Secretary of State, the keepers of the integrity of the voting system of their state, who are election deniers, Harris said. Couple that with the people who hold some of the highest elective office in our country who refused to condemn an insurrection on January 6. She said that an age-old sanctity, the right to vote, had been violated as a response to Biden's victory, which saw Americans turn out to vote in unprecedented numbers, often by mail or dropboxes, which helped increase access. I think that scared some people that the American people are voting in such large numbers, she said. Harris said that should Democrats increase their Senate majority in the midterms, Biden would abolish the filibuster specifically for voting rights legislation. He could then pass stalled voting rights legislation that increases Democratic safeguards. We need to have protections to make sure that every American, whoever they vote for, has the unobstructed ability to do that when it is otherwise their right, she said. On Sunday morning, Harris and the second gentleman, her husband, Doug Imhoff, joined the remembrance event at the National September 11 Memorial in New York to mark the anniversary of the al-Qaeda terrorist attacks on the US, which killed 2,977 people. Britain's new King Charles III dedicated what remains of me, of my life, to the heavy task that has been laid upon me after he was formally confirmed as the new King of the United Kingdom in a ceremony steeped in tradition and pageantry at St. James's Palace on Saturday. Charles became monarch immediately upon the death of Queen Elizabeth II on Thursday, but Saturday's event officially confirmed the transition of power. The king paid tribute to his mother before the gathered accession council, saying his mother gave an example of lifelong love and of selfless service. Her reign was unequalled in its duration, its dedication and its devotion. Even as we grieve, we give thanks for this most faithful life, he said during the historic ceremony which was televised for the first time. On Sunday, in a sombre, regal procession, Queen Elizabeth II's flag-draped coffin was driven slowly through the Scottish countryside, from her beloved Balmoral Castle to the Scottish capital of Edinburgh. Mourners packed city streets and highway bridges or lined rural roads with cars and tractors to take part in an historic goodbye to the monarch who had reigned for 70 years. King Charles III and his queen consort Camilla will travel today to Edinburgh to join another solemn procession that takes the Queen's coffin to St Giles Cathedral on the city's royal mile. There the coffin will remain for 24 hours so the Scottish public can pay their respects before it is flown to London on Tuesday to lie in State at the Palace of Westminster.